Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered all throughout July with all the odds, props, promos, and parlays for baseball, WNBA, MMA, boxing, and more. Use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is a fan flipping tabulous Thursday, July 6th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in, however and whenever it is that you may be listening. We've got a fantabulous episode coming at you today. We have done all the free agent news and breakdowns, uh, the biggest of which we took. Note of on Monday with the show, Monday we broke down all the biggest re-signs and contract extensions and Fred Van Fleets and Gabe Vincents and Max Struces and all the stories around NBA free agency in the first weekend. And so today, we are going to talk about Damian Lillard. And James Harden, without talking about Damian Lillard and James Harden destinations, because, again, this is a podcast. You may be listening however and whenever you so choose, but there's a very real scenario where Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard are already teammates together in South Beach, working out with that heat culture by the time you're listening to this. And there might be a scenario where James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George are already teammates together in Los Angeles. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. You could be listening however and whenever you so choose, and part of our decision 
to move this podcast to a three-day-a-week format, and part of moving this podcast to the topics that you guys are more interested in is to do more macro, long-form level pieces. And if we're going to talk about Damian Lillard and we're going to talk about James Harden, we're going to talk about this story in a way that doesn't talk about places they're going to go, that talks about trade possibilities other than just mentioning the writing on the wall for what a Damian Lillard to Miami trade is going to look like because the format is very straightforward. It's just whether or not Portland wants to accept that lesser trade value in exchange for Damian Lillard. And we're going to talk about this without breaking down grades of trades or how it impacts these teams. I want to take a macro level look at the relationship between Damian Lillard and Portland and the relationship between James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers and the relationship between James Harden and the NBA at large, which... All of it, I think, is fascinating from a social science standpoint, a psychology standpoint, even though we're going to play a little bit of armchair psychologist here today. That's the conversation I think is much more fascinating, intriguing, and you probably won't get very many other places other than here on the Take It Easy podcast. And so on July 1st, Damian Lillard told the Portland Trailblazers that he was ready to leave. And the Portland Trailblazers, so far, have been pretty accommodating of this fact. Uh, the general manager, I believe his name is Joe Schone, uh, released a statement that basically said, like, yeah, we get it. Damian Lillard wants to leave. He told us that he wants to leave, and we're going to make the move that is best for our franchise. And you usually don't see the team come out and confirm the trade request and tell everyone across the league, yep, this guy is available. You can have him if you want him, but give us your best offers as soon as possible. You usually don't see a team start an active bidding war like that. And the reason I think this is so unique is because the Damian Lillard trade request is so unique. Star players have left franchises before. I mean, even James Harden, who was a foundational piece of what the Rockets were doing and won an MVP. Yeah, James Harden asked out. Russell Westbrook asked out. Those trades have happened. Kevin Durant asked out of Brooklyn. Those caliber of superstars have asked out of places. What is so unique about this trade is that Damian Lillard is without question the greatest player in the history of that franchise. And Damian Lillard always, from years and years ago, Damian Lillard was always going to get to leave when Damian Lillard wanted to leave. And we had been saying that for years For years, Damian Lillard gets to leave when Damian Lillard wants to leave. If he wants to keep signing extensions with Portland, what are they going to do? Not extend him as the greatest player in their franchise's history? They gave him $63 million when he's 36 years old because what else are you going to do? He is the greatest player in your franchise's history. You are not going to show him the door When you are a franchise like the Portland Trailblazers, who not only is he the greatest player in your franchise's history, you have let him down. Like, there's no other way around it. The Portland Trailblazers let down Damian Lillard. After LaMarcus Aldridge left in 2015, which if I'm doing the math correctly was when Damian Lillard was 24 years old, when LaMarcus Aldridge left... With Damian Lillard entering his prime, the Portland Trailblazers have given him zero all-star teammates, zero all-defensive teammates in his time in Portland. 
during the prime of Damian Lillard's career, he never played with another all-star. He never played with a team that was willing to make the all-in move to give up the draft compensation to bring him a second all-star. They're one of the only teams that's ever done that, too, by the way. Like, even the Pelicans in the prime of Anthony Davis, they traded for DeMarcus Cousins. And didn't work out, but DeMarcus Cousins made an all-star team with him in New Orleans. The Blazers never made that move. I joked for years that the old general manager, his name was Neil Olshee, when he signed his four-year extension. I'm like, well, yeah, four years from now, he's going to have the same three players of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and probably Yusuf Nurkic still on the team because they should have traded for a second all-star when they had the opportunity to. They should have upgraded from CJ McCollum. They should have upgraded from Jeremy Grant. They should have upgraded from Yusuf Nurkic to try and get that second all-star in the door. I said for years it should have been Anthony Davis. When Davis requested the trade out of New Orleans in 2019, if I were Portland, I would have gave up C.J. McCollum and any draft compensation that they wanted for Anthony Davis because even if Anthony Davis left, they would have had two playoff runs with Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis together, and they would have had a year and a half to convince Anthony Davis to stay in Portland. And if he left, he left and they would have gone through a rebuild anyways. And it's the old uh, Steve Jobs quote that I mention all the time, which is better to blow ourselves up than to let the markets blow us up. It's better to blow ourselves up than to let time and the markets do it for us. And by the way, that happened with Portland. Portland kept the same team together They lost in the first round in 2021, and then they traded C.J. McCollum for what ended up being two first-round picks because they traded him to New Orleans for Josh Hart and a first, and then they traded Josh Hart to the Knicks for the first-round pick that became Chris Murray. They got pennies on the dollar for what C.J. McCollum could have been worth when they were offering up a trade package for Anthony Davis built around C.J. McCollum. When they were offering up a trade package for Paul George centered around CJ McCollum, they ended up keeping McCollum for three years and let him out the door for two first round picks. And then, by the way, use those two first round picks. They didn't flip the two first round picks into another player. They just used the two first round picks. And back then, Damian Lillard wanted to play with CJ McCollum And the Portland Trailblazers were accommodating in having Damian Lillard play with C.J. McCollum. And if they were doing what was best for the team, maybe they should not have been so accommodating as to keep C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard together. Because for those who don't know the story, Damian Lillard was picked in 2011, and C.J. McCollum was picked in 2012, and they had decided that they were going to play together for the for the duration of their careers in Portland. And at the end of the day, McCollum wasn't going to get the money that he was hoping for in Portland, and they traded him to New Orleans, where he's now like the third or second best player on a team that's toiling around the eight seed, which, by the way, is where the, the Blazers would have been if they had kept C.J. McCollum. If it had been Dame, C.J., and Jeremy Grant, they would have been what the Pelicans had been the last two years fighting for the eight seed, going to the play-in tournament, 
stuck in the middle. And instead, they did the hard right thing of trading CJ McCollum and tearing it down. The markets blew them up at the end. They no longer could compete because they had not maximized their value. They had decided to keep CJ McCollum to keep Yusuf Nurkic. Their values went down, specifically McCollum. And they went through a rebuild and did two years of hard losing while keeping Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard wanted to stay in Portland and Damian Lillard gets to stay as long as Damian Lillard wants to stay. And I give Portland credit for doing that. I mean, granted, Neil Oshie, the former general manager, got fired for running a toxic workplace and the new general manager, Joe Schoen, made the hard right decision. We're going to spend two years losing and hope that we get the ping pong balls fall our way. And this year it did. The ping pong balls fell their way and they got Scoot Henderson. And the year prior, they got Shaden Sharp with the eighth pick in the draft, who, by the way, is going to be a really good NBA player. Shaden Sharp is going to be a really, really good player. They did two years of hard losing, traded CJ McCollum for draft picks, and they've done the rebuild on the fly while Damian Lillard has still been a member of the team. Because Damian Lillard could have been traded two years ago, but Portland wasn't going to do that to Damian Lillard. He is the greatest player in their franchise's history, and if Damian Lillard had wanted to stay in Portland until he was 36, he would have stayed in Portland until he was 36. And Damian Lillard is a really nice guy from all indications. Loved being in Portland. Didn't want to put pressure on the organization. Damian Lillard is a really, really nice guy. And he had said for years he wanted to stay in Portland and see through a championship in Portland. Even though Portland never gave him a second All-Star during his prime with the team after LaMarcus Aldridge left in 2015. And Portland would have been content to keep Damian Lillard even if it would have been complicated with the timelines. They would have had 32-year-old Damian Lillard playing with 19-year-old Scoot Henderson with a 27-year-old Jeremy Grant. It would have been a weird mix. And by the way, also a 21-year-old Shaden Sharp. Would have been just an interesting mix of players building out that team. A weird mix of young and old and in their prime. And the timelines didn't line up but they would have been a talented team nonetheless. And Damian Lillard made the call to leave. And if Portland is going to do the right thing, they will be accommodating to Damian Lillard. They will send him to the place that Damian Lillard wants to go because Damian Lillard has the superstar no trade clause. It probably won't get as ugly as the Kevin Durant trade to Brooklyn, but at least Portland has the foresight to see the writing on the wall. Like when it was Kevin Durant requesting a trade out of Brooklyn, he had to rescind his trade request because he only wanted to go to Phoenix or Miami. And then when the Kyrie Irving shit went down, Brooklyn finally made the call to part with Kevin Durant and Ishbia took over the Suns and they traded all those extra draft picks to move off of Kevin Durant. The timing ended up being right and Brooklyn saw through the trade of Kevin Durant to the place Kevin Durant wanted to go. And I don't think Portland is going to hold Damian Lillard hostage on this one. And Damian Lillard gets to play where Damian Lillard wants to play. 
I was reading Kevin O'Connor talk about the trade package of Miami putting on the table with Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Jaquez, and future draft picks. I think it's like three firsts and a pick swap or something, or two firsts and a pick swap. That deal, and also Nikola Jovic, who was the first-round pick of the Heat last year. That deal would be less than what Damian Lillard would be worth on the open market. Damian Lillard could get a Kevin Durant package, which was Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges, and four unprotected first-round picks. They could get that for Damian Lillard. Chris Haynes was reporting Utah was interested in getting in that deal. Utah would trade four unprotected picks tomorrow for Damian Lillard. They're talking about uh, Brooklyn getting involved in the game. Brooklyn would trade all of those unprotected picks they just flipped for Kevin Durant to make that trade happen. And at the same time, Portland is going to do right by Damian Lillard. Because what other option do you have for the greatest player in your franchise's history who has continually been a good guy to you? What other choice do you have but to do the right thing for a superstar who wants to play in one place? I know that everyone is crushing the Bradley Beal trade because Bradley Beal had a no-trade clause and only wanted to waive it for Phoenix. And I know people will crush the Damian Lillard trade if it ends up being... You know, Tyler Hero rerouted to a third team, and all they have to show for it is Jaime Jaquez and Nikola Jovic and some future draft picks. I know that trade's going to get panned because they could have gotten more from another team. And I know people are going to make the argument of, well, they could have gotten more value if they traded Damian Lillard to somewhere else, but they didn't want to. They should trade Damian Lillard to Utah because Utah offers the best trade package. Or they should trade Damian Lillard to New Orleans because New Orleans offers the best trade package. It's not about the best package or the best value of assets. Damian Lillard is going to get to play for a team Damian Lillard wants to play for. And this is going to end with Portland taking less than what they could get on the open market. Because they're going to not lie to themselves and say we can get the best trade package for Lillard and send him somewhere and he'll have to deal with it because he doesn't have a no trade clause. That's not how that one works. No team is going to give up the type of compensation it would take to acquire Lillard if they don't have the confirmation from him that they want to play for that team. And they're not going to do Damian Lillard dirty. Damian Lillard for the entire time he's been in Portland has been a nice guy. He is committed to that organization time and time again, and he will have a statue outside that arena at the end of his career. Either him pointing to his watch, calling Dame time, or him waving goodbye to the Oklahoma City Thunder. One of those two is going to be a statue outside the stadium. He's going to have his jersey retired. He's going to be a face of that organization the way Dirk is for the Dallas Mavericks. And... He might end up finishing his career in Portland once he can no longer win championships too. The same way Damian uh, the same way Dwayne Wade went back to Miami after going to Chicago and to Cleveland, he ended up back in Miami for the Swan Song. Damian Lillard will probably end up back in Portland for the Swan Swan Song of his career. And they will do right by him in this trade. 
because they have no other option. There's no other way around this than the guy who is the greatest player in your organization's history, who's been the nicest guy through and through, has committedly doubled down with staying with your organization even when everyone felt like he should leave, has consistently said, I'd rather be in Portland than chase rings. Damian Lillard leaving was two years later than when the ideal situation for him to leave was. He waited out two years of rebuilding. Portland's already done the hard losing. Maybe trading Damian Lillard will put them at the top of the lottery because the Western Conference is just so deep next year. But Portland's already done the hard losing. As their first star, most people believe that Scoot Henderson is that dude. They have their future star. They have Shaden Sharp, who is looking like he's going to be, if not an all-star, like one of these top 50 players in the near future. They have done the hard losing for this rebuild. They are more likely on the up and up than not over the next two years. And Damian Lillard leaving puts them in a position where they're probably going to be one of the three worst teams in the West next year. And being one of the three worst teams in the West will get them another player to build with probably in the five, six, seven range of the draft, similar to where they drafted Shaden Sharp a couple of years ago. And Portland is in this interesting place where they'd done all the hard losing already. If Dame had been willing to stick around, they would have had a chance to compete for a play-in spot next year in the West. And I know that doesn't sound like anything that's really good, and Damian Lillard going to Miami gives him a much better chance to be the final piece on a team that competes for a championship. But there was nothing that Portland was going to be able to do to make the Blazers a championship-caliber team. Like, there was nothing they were going to be able to do during Damian Lillard's career that was going to make them good enough to compete for an NBA championship. And this was never about competing for a championship. It hasn't been about competing for championships in Portland since they lost in the bubble in 2020. Four years ago was the last time Portland was contending for a championship. And it's going to be four more years before they have a chance to compete for a championship again. Portland was never going to compete for a championship with Damian Lillard. And that didn't stop Damian Lillard from staying and recommitting to Portland anyways. They had done all the hard losing. It had been two years since the ideal time for Damian Lillard to leave. And the fact that Damian Lillard is now ready to go suggests the same thing we've been saying for three years at every turn around this situation. Damian Lillard gets to leave when Damian Lillard is ready to leave. Doesn't have to align with anyone's timeline. Doesn't have to align with any rebuilding project. Damian Lillard gets to leave when Damian Lillard wants to leave, and Damian Lillard's going to get to play where Damian Lillard wants to play, even if Portland is going to take a lesser value at the end of the day, because their end game is to do right by Damian Lillard. That's the end game for Portland, is to do right by Damian Lillard at the end of this relationship.
This leads us into the conversation about James Harden and the fact that the 76ers are much more content to see James Harden walk out the door despite the fact that they have no recourse for improvement. The market has blown up the 76ers. The 76ers are right now where Portland was two years ago with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum getting ready to break up and them trading C.J. McCollum for what ultimately ended up being two first-round picks. Unless the 76ers get a quote-unquote get-out-of-jail-free card from a superstar like Damian Lillard wanting to come play for them, 76ers have cashed out their luck. Now, the 76ers fortunately have a future all-star in Tyrese Maxey on their team, and I think that if Maxey filled the Harden role, he will be an all-star in the East potentially. So that'll keep them competitive. But in terms of winning a championship, they've just squandered way too much value at this point. And part of that was the decision to keep Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, as Jimmy Butler will tell you time and time again. Like with the famous quote where he says, Tobias Harris over me. I think that is the perfect explanation of why it's so shocking that the Philadelphia 76ers would be so content to let James Harden walk out the door. Because they chose Tobias Harris over me. The 76ers spent all of their money to extend their young superstars as part of the rebuild. They extended Joel Embiid. They extended Ben Simmons. They extended Tobias Harris. They didn't extend Jimmy Butler when they probably should have extended Jimmy Butler. They spent their draft capital to bring in Butler and Tobias Harris on one-year deals. 76ers spent their money, their draft picks... The end result was a team that lost on the Kawhi Leonard quadruple bounce in 2019. Then they fired their coach after a disappointing 2020 season. Then in 2021, they had the best record in the Eastern Conference with Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid and Seth Curry and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris over me. And they lost against the Atlanta Hawks because they absolutely imploded. And then they went all in on a last-ditch effort to acquire James Harden in exchange for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and future draft picks. And it was a good deal from the Sixers' standpoint because Ben Simmons' value had gone down so much. It was a good deal to put James Harden and... Joel Embiid together as a last-ditch effort. And the end result was 
a team that lost in the second round in 2022, and then a team that came within one game of making the conference finals in 2023. They've given it their best chance. They've been all in for five seasons now, and they've been all in in a way that got them within one game of the conference finals three different times and got them within two games of the conference finals twice. At the end of the day, they have taken this thing as far as it can go, which is why I was so surprised that they were ready to trade James Harden at the drop of the hat because they've got no recourse for improvement at this point. Unless a superstar comes in and gives them a get-out-of-jail-free card, they don't have any recourse to improve beyond James Harden. And maybe James Harden's at the end of the road in his career, and maybe they can get a 26-year-old with value like a... Julius Randle, potentially. Say say they get a Julius Randle at the end of all of this. And in the short term, the player that they get is maybe Tyrese Maxey's improvement. Maybe that's where they accommodate the value. But like we talked about on Monday with the Toronto Raptors, you can't keep losing pieces and you can't keep squandering value and then expect that you're going to be able to continue competing. The thing that the 76ers have going for them is with the 20th pick in the draft, they drafted a future all-star in Tyrese Maxey, and that's going to help make up for some of that value. That's not going to be enough to get them better than where they were last year. It's not going to be better than what they had in 2019. And that's why I'm so surprised that they're so willing to let James Harden walk out the door and why they are, at this point, content to make a trade work where they get Norman Powell and Marcus Morris and some future draft picks in exchange for James Harden. Terrence Mann might be a guy, but I don't know if those moves are going to transform their team in the way that getting rid of Russell Westbrook transformed the Lakers. I don't think it's going to make a dramatic difference because we've seen what the pinnacle of the Sixers can be. It is the third best team in the Eastern Conference. That is the best the 76ers can be. If Damian Lillard ends up going to Miami, that is the best that the 76ers will continue to be. And that's why I was so surprised that they were ready to move off James Harden the way they did. And I was surprised James Harden made the call to opt into that contract. Now, maybe James Harden isn't going to get the free agent deal he was hoping for, but I was surprised that James Harden didn't want to cash in now, but I guess there wasn't a team willing to pay the premium for him. The Rockets weren't going to pay the 50 million because Harden knew that he wouldn't be competing for a championship. There wasn't an exact team that matched the willingness to compete for a championship and paying James Harden $40 million a year. And so Harden's going to kind of do the trade situation and kind of figure out where he goes next, maybe to the Clippers and a Harden, Paul George, Kawhi trio, which will be interesting Maybe the Clippers, who don't give a shit about spending in the luxury tax because Balmer's worth like $70 billion, maybe the Clippers don't care about luxury tax penalties. And at the same time, maybe, just maybe, Harden gets the deal he's looking for with the Clippers. Who knows? I think that part's so interesting. So on the flip side of Portland gets to trade Damian Lillard where he wants to go, because that's how that relationship is going to come to an end. The 76ers are on the other side saying we aren't that tied to James Harden, despite the fact that we don't have a plan B. 
And maybe the plan B that comes out of it is we will have Maxi develop into an all-star and with that trade, we can surround Maxi with talent and we'll look similar to how the 2019 team looked where it was Embiid and Simmons and it was Covington and Sarich and then they ended up trading for, I believe that year they traded for... Oh, I want to say there was um, Harris for future picks, and then they got Butler for Covington and Sarich in a future draft pick because Butler only had one year on the contract, so they got him at a discount. But maybe the game plan is we're going to go back to where we were in 2019. I don't know why Joel Embiid would want to stick it out that way, but Joel Embiid has decided he wants to stay in Philadelphia, and Joel Embiid is going to leave when Joel Embiid wants to leave Philadelphia because he is not as attached to the timeline in the exact same way Damian Lillard is not attached to what Portland's timeline has been because Portland as a franchise is at the beck of Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard could have left two years ago and it would have worked out perfectly for the organization. They would have gotten maximum value on him. They could have torn it down. Maybe they would have gotten Jabari Smith instead of Shaden Sharp. But besides the point, it worked out for Portland. Portland could have started the rebuild two years ago, but they kind of did even with Damian Lillard because they did all the hard losing. Yes, Lillard's going to get traded for less than what he would have been worth two years ago, but Lillard wanted to stay, and now Lillard wants to leave, and Lillard gets to leave when Lillard wants to leave, and that's the same thing that's going to happen with Joel Embiid. There's been lots of conversation, and I think good conversation, about Joel Embiid being ready to leave the 76ers, last two years, I would have understood if Joel Embiid had been ready to leave. But Joel Embiid gets to leave Philadelphia when Embiid is ready to leave Philadelphia. Regardless of timelines that they have, regardless of pieces that they have and contracts, Embiid's going to leave when Embiid's ready to leave. And he's not ready to go. So it looks like he's going to have a roster of Tyrese Maxey and Robert Covington and Marcus Morris and Terrence Mann and uh, a handful of other pieces built around those guys. And it's going to be interesting to see what the 76ers look like next year as they head into a fourth core of their team built around Joel Embiid in the span of like six years. Which is kind of interesting to think about. I'm going to be fascinated by where Philadelphia goes next because I was surprised that they were so ready to move on from James Harden given everything they had to give up to get him in the first place, given that they gave it two years, which was about the same amount of time they gave the core of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and, and uh, Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Surprised that after a third straight two-year increment with a now third different coach, third different general manager, third different core of the team, I am surprised that they were so ready to move on from that core of the team and build something new. But maybe I shouldn't be so surprised because James Harden didn't want to stay and they didn't want to extend him long term. And what was the stat about like this is the seventh trade request between Kyrie Durant and Harden in the last two years? Hey man, it happens. Harden's going to go to the Clippers. They'll get the scrap heap pieces of the Sixers or they'll get the scrap heap pieces of the Clippers. Maybe Zubach comes through the door, but I mean, other than that, they get kind of the the return that the Lakers got for Westbrook in the original trade. 
That's what they that's what they get at the end of this is they get to move on from James Harden in exchange for dudes. And their their new hope, their Star Wars new hope is that Tyrese Maxey becomes an all-star, which I think is totally possible, but their hope is that Tyrese Maxey becomes CJ McCollum and that that is the improvement that they see year over year. But they got to make up a lot of value by moving off of James Harden. And I was surprised that they were so willing to part ways with James Harden the way that they have been over the last week. Maybe they get a get out of jail free card. Maybe they believe in Maxi's development that he will be an all-star next year, kind of like what Devin Booker was when he was 24. Maybe that's what they're hoping Maxi will be is like one of the top 20 players in the league or top 25 players in the league. But if not, it's going to be the Joel Embiid show getting bounced in the second round of the playoffs or maybe even the first round of the playoffs against the four teams in the Eastern Conference that are better. And that's part of why I was so surprised that they were ready to move on from James Harden and why I was so surprised James Harden was ready to move on from the Sixers. Although maybe I shouldn't be surprised given Nick Nurse's introductory press conference statements about James Harden. You get to the playoffs and you're one team, and that's, that's a two-month-long journey, and you got to be better. At the end of those two months, and do you want James Harden round. back? Pardon me. Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. But that yep. didn't answer the question. Well, I would say this is that um, uh, James has a decision to make, and um, I'd be very happy if he came back. Yeah. They made the call months ago that they were going to invest in Tyrese Maxey as their number two, and. They were going to see if they could get some pieces around those two players. And if that's the game, then Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, maybe Ivica Zubac gets traded to a third team and they get some players. You know, maybe that ends up helping out the Sixers in what they're trying to do. I just don't know where the value is going to be replaced by losing James Harden, who won them two playoff games last year against the Celtics. 42 points in game one, game winner from three without Joel Embiid. Won them game four when Boston had the game locked up with game-winning shots in the fourth quarter and game-winning shots in overtime. 40-point playoff performances against the Celtics that forced them to game seven. Like The reason they were in that series was because of James Harden. And I don't know quite how easily they're going to be able to replicate that value. We shall see. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping to the Take It Easy podcast. We have episodes three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, as well as occasional Wired Up podcasts on Sundays. Make sure to leave five-star review, a download, any and all support is greatly, greatly appreciated and All of your continued support of our dreams is what allowed us to shorten the podcast here, create shows like this, and build out the type of show that you guys have responded well to. So we are super excited to come back at you with three more shows next week. Hopefully by then we'll have some news to report or some big stories to break down, but if not, we'll have a fun time here on the show as we always do, potentially with friends of the show making their returns now that I have some time to breathe and some time to actually focus on putting energy into this podcast. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll talk to you again 
next week. And in the meantime, take it easy. to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube